inside my living room Share a little talk By roads walked and lessons learned Keeping the flame of faith burning I wanna know where you've been what you found out Spread some light in the darkness Spread it all about In the hat In the hat Put it all in the hat Hello, this is Avram Rosenzweig and welcome back to Hat Radio. Dun, da, 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 da. This is episode eight, and I am here with my very dear friend, Cantor Chazan Aaron Ben Shushan. Hello, Aaron. Hello. How are you, Avram? Good. I feel like there should be a crowd in the background yeah. applauding you. We'll, we'll, we'll start whistling or something. <laughs> yeah, or something. Throwing <laughs> confetti at you. <laughs> at least we're in my home. No one's going to throw eggs at us, yeah. which is good, right? <laughs> So I, I am very, very happy to have you here. You. We, uh, we've been friends for a number of years. We actually live in the same building together. Right. Uh, we've known each other for a while now. And I, uh, I wanted to bring you on the show because to me, you reflect, uh, I think, the goodness and the positivity that I'm trying to bring out through Hat Radio, which is what this podcast is all about. And uh, I find you to be a, a very gentle, kind human being, a very decent human being. And I also love the evolution that you've gone through in your life, starting out in Morocco, moving to New York, coming to Toronto, singing Sephardic music, singing Ashkenazi music, a whole sort of melange or chulant, mm, chulant of indeed. stuff. That's right. The falafel. Right? Some, some <laughs> kind <sort>. of. Yes. <laughs> with a little harif, right? right exactly. And uh, so I figured, okay, you know, why not do an interview with Aaron Bunchushan? And here you are. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. It's really nice to be with you. And you always exude this warmth, you know. And uh, I was so, you know, we were many times together for Shabbat. And, you know, it just, you're a very, very um, special kind of a human being and that's what what was your work via half time or the, the whole uh, institution that you started of helping people and and i went i think with you one time in uh, on a truck and you were giving sandwiches with, with my van, son on the van, van. and it's, it's just like I, I i couldn't believe the stuff you were doing you know just you knew exactly where they where the poor people were right the beggars and you would they were so happy to see you, and you would hang out with them and talk with them. This is big stuff. This is this is a really a mitzvah. A mitzvah like it's unbelievable. Well, yeah. I I appreciate you saying that. Thank uh, you so that's much. Just you know my feeling it here. Yeah. So thank you. so, I like to do a very short monologue before we launch into the show, and one of the things that's been on my mind lately is. The whole issue of anti-Semitism and racism. And certainly uh, we can touch on that during the show. But I have to tell you something. I am just very, very angry at people who make other people's lives miserable. And, and I'm not talking in the day-to-day -day sort of way where we stand in front of somebody when we shouldn't or even yell at someone when we shouldn't. But I'm talking about the uh, down-home racism 
and anti-Semitism that often ruins people's lives. Like, I'm wondering to myself, Aaron, who, who are these people, right? Who are these people and what happens inside of them that they have the audacity to hurt others in the way that they do? Uh, uh, do you have any thoughts on that? Well, that's, that's a difficult... Uh, uh, it is a difficult concept to understand and to and certainly to know the cause what causes this and and uh, most of these people must have had some kind of and not always i would imagine not always that there is a reason why they are anti-semitic but you know people that never even met jews sometimes yeah yeah have this feeling like uh, you know they they're so ignorant about what jews are like they have horns they have you know you hear sometimes stories and and they still have it they still have something with with this nation you know and 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 it's very difficult to to understand where it comes from and how it you know i, I know i know it just it, 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 like it's in a your puzzle. in your life of all the places that you've traveled and all the things that you've done and all the things you've traversed Look, I know that I've hurt people. I know that I have, you know, and and such is life. That's the way. Th- mm-hmm. I'm sure you've hurt people in your of life. Course, it happens, of course, right? Of course, it happens. Nobody's ever, perfect. Ever, yeah. ever ruined somebody's life, and you know, I think about the civil rights movement prior to the civil rights movement, during it, and even afterwards, how they used to sling a swing. Uh, they used to tie ropes around uh, men and girls and boys' necks and string them up from trees. The Holocaust, I mean, I was listening to a a testimonial from my friend's father, Manny Middleman, who lives in Detroit. Mm -hmm. And during the Holocaust, the Nazis came and took him away. He lived in uh, Czechoslovakia (laughs) and his brother and his sister and, and totally ruined their lives, murdered his siblings. Like, what is that? What allows humankind to do such terrible things? Have you ever uh, experienced anti-Semitism? Yeah, in Morocco, in some ways, uh, like, the, you know, we will be slapped or, or, or beat up for no reason. You re- do you remember we, that? You remember that? I remember uh, gangs where uh, they would uh, surround us and get a good beating. And, uh, and or if you had uh, a chance to fight back and you were strong, uh, you had to be pretty strong because they always get you when you're on the weak, uh, yes. weak point. When, by when yourself. You're by yourself <laughs> in some kind of a, a little tiny avenue somewhere, dark, you know. So I, I, and I remember stuff like that, and it's very, very scary. And I didn't understand as a, as a kid, I didn't understand why right. they would beat me. I mean, they, 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 it's, just, it's just something. What, what would a human being do that? Exactly. You know, exactly. And, and I didn't. I never understood. Uh, I was too young in a certain way, but that that goes back to that that, that hatred for the Jew. That it's very and hard to. Do. That concept is very difficult. Perhaps there is jealousy from the Jews that they were uh, even in Morocco. They came as businessmen and they enriched the the culture and uh, and the and the country. Of uh, by yes. bringing their know-how of business and and what what have you, and that maybe has has a lot to do with them. That here Jews that came and we were kind of like uh, just guests, like uh, like strangers, just visiting, visiting who made it, and these people that lived there and weren't born there, 
don't have the same means. So that 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 that's that seems to be some of the reasons. Again. Perhaps, perhaps, but it's not. Did you fight back at all? Hmm? Did you fight back? I fought back as 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 much as I could, and I built a certain hatred. Did you? For 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 yeah, because I I didn't understand why for no reason I got beat up, you know. So we had our ways to of revenge in certain way. We would go <laughs> okay. up on on the roof and take you know. Uh, apples like uh, or, or or fruits and things that were rotten and yes. we were uh, we were throwing it from the roofs on on somebody's uh, guys that would throw them at rotten people yeah yeah on on the rotten people do you regret doing that or do you think it's okay well that was um, my way of expressing back especially to the same people if if, if i would catch yep. my eye on one of them it was but it was not a healthy uh no situation to be beat up and to to to, to retaliate somehow uh, it's a it's a tough thing because like tough. even what would you tell your children you know if your children god forbid were, were being beaten up by people who were anti-semitic a lot of people yeah. would argue say no you know talk them through it be gentle and certainly that's that is an approach right but right. it doesn't always work no so what no. do you do right no, no, no it's it's a so hard it's very difficult my children you know grew up here and in America, which is different in, in certain way than Morocco, and not different because anti-Semitic remarks or, or hatred uh, runs through the veins of anybody who's anti-Semitic anywhere in the world. It doesn't matter really whether you're from Morocco or Canada yes. or anything else. But somehow, here we have a little bit more, I mean, a lot more of freedom and and therefore you think that you're you're free you're yeah. you're, you're you're you know i'm in canada i'm in i'm in america i'm in new york what could there be anti-semitic and it's a it's a, supposed to be a, uh, it's supposed to be freedom yeah we're supposed to uh, so uh, democracy freedom and everything and with all this freedom and and, and that you see such a yeah <laughs> hatred and and you just don't understand. You came yeah. here to run away from 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 places that were much smaller, like Morocco and other places or Arabic places, nations, to run away from that for freedom. And then you find out that in many ways the Arabs treated us better than some of these anti-Semites. Yes, so it's, it's 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 very hard to understand. Yeah, I think we make good points. I would have to add to that. At the core of Judaism is the idea of the Ahavta Lerechet Kamocha's loving your brother and sisters. Um, that's what we're taught. You're right. So we start off on a good foot. I think it's important to note, too, there are some Jews who are real schmucks, too. No, no, that's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> Not very nice people, but, no. you know, you'll find that amongst any people, right? That's right. It doesn't matter. Right? No, no, no. But by and large, I just feel so blessed to have been brought up on, on the, the spiritual nutrition that I was brought up on, you know. Same thing with me. I mean, my father would, my father would always talk about being nice to your brother, nice to your family, nice to other people, yeah. as if they were your family. Well, I was, I was brought with. Actually, sometimes I feel like I was brought, brought up with such a good qualities, and then I come here to America, which is. You have got to be tough. I mean, you know, yeah. especially in the times, the times when I came in 1968. America was not what it is today. Canada was not what it is no, today. It was no. a different time. People, you know, enjoyed playing baseball and and it was a social thing. And you will go out and bring your guitar and 
and and everybody will hug you and and and, yes. and it was it was not this maybe they were drugs at that time in the 60s but people were more for peace and love and peace nice, it was a nice time it was a nice time but today yeah. today today i i i I'm, I'm, when i want to uh, say something soft to my children i think about it twice like do you soft, yeah because you got to be tough are you this, are you tough are you tough no i'm not and i don't want them to be like me i want because i see what i go through and just because i'm trying to teach them to be tough mr tough and they're not they're not by by nature because that's you know even though they're a little bit they're a little bit bro- they were brought up in this world in this generation yes but they're a little bit more aware of what's going on and they can handle it more than us more than us yeah no i totally agree with more, you more than us i feel like a bit of a wuss myself i do it, it's crazy yeah we weren't uh, really brought up to no, uh, no, no, not hearing like i was born in kitchener and my father was the rabbi and there was very little time spent on how i should defend myself and it was a problem yes because problem. i was chased in school and people would yell out terrible things to me um and i was yeah. honestly i was scared yeah i was scared yeah, and I, I i don't like that i was scared and i still don't like that i'm scared yeah 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 it's it's, it's you have to understand you know I'll, I'll tell you a little anecdote with my father a little story i love and your it, i love your english by the way thank you thank you your english is i know you've been here many years yeah but, yeah. but your accent is so beautiful and then you use words in english because you're such a creative giant, right? That's right. And you, you, sometimes your English comes out so beautifully. Thank you. I'm I'd like learning to tell you an anecdote. <laughs> an anecdote. You're learning from me. I'm learning uh, from you. You're thank the, you. I should only learn from you, my dear friend. <laughs> With yeah. words, you're beautiful. I, I always read your article. Thank you. You know, it's amazing. Thank you. Anyway, just a little story that has that left a big mark in me. And uh, this, this reminds me of, uh, of a little story where my when it was Yom Kippur. And, he, and my father, you know, made somebody, kind of made him mad, you know, for some reason. And he took my father by the shirt like this just before Yom Kippur. Oy. And my father just looked at him like this without any response, without anything. And I wanted to kill this guy. I was like seven years old. I said, how could you, how would you dare do that to my father? Yes. And I was very, very upset that my father did not retaliate in some way with the punch back or or, or giving, or, you know, or just fighting back for himself. And that left an imprint in me that uh, that never actually left out. And I thought it was it was something that was a bad quality that, that he couldn't stand, stand up for himself. Yes. And I found that like, actually as you grow and you see to be able to hold yourself it's one of the biggest midot, you know, in the in the Talmud is character what traits. Character traits is al to pass on your own midot, on your own, on your own ashamedness. Yes, and not to that you know the, the Gemara says the Talmud that you are all your sins are are forgiven, and here is something that I thought my father was so weak. Well, actually, he was strong, but in the same token. This is the kind of family I came from, from yes. rabbis and a father like this from, you know, so how, how tough can you be when you, you come You know, there's a, there's a beautiful story that reinforces your point. There was a man, it's a Japanese story. There was a man on a subway in Japan and they stop and a fellow gets on who is clearly very, very inebriated drunk. 
starts yelling at everybody, pushes this pregnant woman. And all of a sudden, this young man starts to clench his fist because he knows that he's going to get into a fight. He needs to protect the other people around him and himself. But from down far in the in the street, in the subway, he hears a voice yelling out, come here. And he looks around and he sees an older man in a kimono. And the man says, come here. And the guy who was drunk walks towards him. He goes, what is it? You know, in a drunk way. He says, he says, come sit with me. He takes him. He sits down with him. And he says, what are you drunk on? He says, I'm drunk on sake, he tells him. He says, you know, every night my wife and I, we go out and we sit on the porch and we have our sake. We like to warm it up and we look at the parsimon tree, which is in our garden. And it's very, very beautiful. And the man looks at him, the drunkard looks at him and he says, I used to have a wife and my wife died. And I used to have a garden and I no longer do. And I used to have a job and I no longer have a job. Mm. And he started to cry. Mm. And he said, I'm so ashamed of myself. Mm. Anyways, wow. they pulled into the next stop and the young man looked back as he was about to get off. And he saw that the fellow who was drunk had his head in the lap of the old man. And the man was stroking his hair. Mm. And he said to himself, like you said a minute ago, he said, you know what? What I was going to be victorious or what I was going to solve through violence, mm -hmm. this man solved through kind words. Mm. What a beautiful story, no? Beautiful. Isn't that a beautiful story? It is. Tremendous. And it's something we need to learn from, right? Absolutely. So, absolutely so you right. were born in Morocco. Right. You're a little Moroccan boy, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. right. Mogador? <laughs> Mogador? Mogador. Mogador. Yeah. Which is now what? What city is it now? It's it's Isawira. It's called Isawira. It's right near uh, Agadir. It's on the coast okay. of Morocco. It's a beautiful, uh, a little tiny, a tiny uh, town, but very wealthy in culture and, 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 and history and stuff like that. It's not a, a little village somewhere with, with no education. I mean, there was, first of all, uh, many, many Jews and very holy Jews who lived there, like Rabbi David, uh, Rabbi Haim Pinto, from the Pinto family. You'll, many times you'll uh, hear this illustrious uh, family, many times in the in different Hasidic circles yes. and things like that. These are, were very, very uh, special people. And uh, like uh, my, grandf my grandfathers actually came and they were f sent by the king to open up the city amazing it was amazing and they and they and they're no they, they they were given like a certain like a notary republic like you cannot really touch them so you cannot touch them but the king is the only one who could really judge them no no mayor can no police uh, wow. yeah they were very respected and and i remember seeing this medal my uncle you know proudly would will show me this medal and tell me this is this is what uh, my father Allah shalom and his father when they first came to Mogador and Isawira. well you yeah. you actually have a fascinating background because your family your father your grandfather your great-grandfather like we say in Hebrew were all very uh like you said hush of a people very yes, important yes. people in fact I think if you go far enough back you had an ancestor. What was it? Uh, uh, Rabbi Huda ben Shushan, yeah, the teacher of 
so it says the teacher of Maimonides. And why do you say so it says? Because this no, is because all iffy? No, because, no it's, for me, it's, it's very difficult to know that this is kind of chies, I mean, yiches, sorry. Uh, Your DNA. Exactly. I mean, it's 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 it's, it's like a, like what are you doing in life? You know, if if, if your grandparents were like this, yeah. going up <laughs> to this kind, of, what is there? You know, what are you doing? Why, what are you accomplishing in the world? Did you write any svarim, any books? Any yes. are your talmid chacham? Where are you? You know, it's 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 it, it's not an easy thing no. to come from 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 uh, from rabbis like that. Okay, can I ask you a question? Though? What do you think in your heart or in your mind? I don't know if you've ever thought of this. How do you think they felt about themselves? Do you think they felt they were accomplishing enough in life? Um, you know, looking at their writings and stuff, the way uh, even even a simple thing like uh, like the ketubah, you know, of, of people that they married, and you see the Hebrew, the way it was written, like in a in a Rashi in a commentary kind of writing, you could see how erudite they were in the, how, how 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 much yeah, special n- special they, they they were and uh, you know my grandfather was many times making things easier for women yes. to get married again and and, and you know things like a agunot and all kinds of halachic things and he he went always in a way to make it easy especially on women that were many times mistreated because you know not always the laws was was with them yes and he would change it and he would make it possible for them to be able to yeah these are special people yeah they're very special special i just think i think it's uh very important that we recognize like i think sometimes aaron about the fellow who works at 7-eleven behind the cash and let's say for 20 years 25 years he works at 7-eleven is it for us to judge whether he has a valuable life or not whether he is as important to god or not important as your great-great-grandfather i don't think so no absolutely no no you can't do that right no no you cannot and if you do you're in trouble with your own life that's right that's right so 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 you grew grew up in morocco and uh it, it wasn't that easy for you right no the teachers there they were very strict very 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 strict right and, and and it was not yeah it was a very difficult uh, uh very difficult times when i was in in school and growing up in uh, l'alliance uh juive you know this was the uh, institution that was uh, uh governed by a french government which which called l'alliance the, the teachers were french many times sent from france to educate uh, youth uh, and, and uh, the young uh, Jews like myself, you know, growing yes. up. So I, I don't have the best uh, feeling. Uh, as a matter of fact, when I went back one time with uh, my wife, I believe, and, and I showed her this school, I, it was very bad, it was very bad. I remember we had to wait online and to show you nails that they clean or, or, or they were cut. And, and if, if they if, weren't? And if they weren't, you get smacked with, with a very hard rod Aye. on your fingers you're just starting the day i mean it's crazy and me for you know I, I with this kind of treatment it did not work with me well so it was uh, I, I i i paid for that being that i couldn't uh, really uh, you know um, put up with the circumstances some yes. some kids had thicker skin and you know and and had the the ability 
to 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 work through that because each kid you know has different different uh, presence that yes. God gives them mine was like music or or literature or I like things you know writing and music and others were good in sciences you cannot be good in everything you had a poetic soul exactly and to them this is you don't pass with the poetic soul you don't you know you have music or you can play an instrument to sing very well that doesn't help you in math and if it and, and if you're stuck in that well when bad. you when you look back at these teachers today, yeah. I mean, you're talking about 50 years ago, right? Yeah, that's right. Do you forgive them? I forgive them because they were they, they 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 were following a certain trend that was at that time, and there was no pills for ADD or you know anything that deals with the, that you don't have zitch flesh, you know, like sitting down or anything like that. Like patience to sit. Patience to sit. There was there was nothing, and the, the, yeah. the, the, the only thing there was is the rod. Yeah, that's the only thing they understood, and, and it was very very pitiful because you you can destroy somebody's a life. Child. Yeah, a child completely. And you he, told me a story yeah, yeah. about your principal uh, yeah, calling you right. in one day. That's right. That's right. Before and I came to America. What, 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 what did he say to you? And he said to me. In this in this city in this school you'll never be anything. Right. What a thing to say to a yeah. child. Uh, maybe in America you'll have a chance, but here you have no chance. Yeah. I, I you know I I want to take this second. <laughs> really yeah, that, that like this all, is uh, yeah. this is what this show's all about. If you have the ability, yeah, to help a child grow, yeah. to say a nice word to a child, right. then do it. Right, do right, it. Right, right, right. They're little. Like right. I can only imagine that picture of a little Aaron Ben Shushan yeah, yeah. looking up at the principal That's and right. say, "What? What are you talking about? Yeah. I'm a poet. I'm a singer. Right, right. right. Why yeah. are you hitting me with a hammer? Right. That's right. That's all. Right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, am I not correct? Though? That's it. That's if you have a chance to help a child grow, then do it. That's right. That's right. And and this and this is a mild guy, yeah. saying this. Yeah. You imagine. If 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 he, like some of his predecessors who are even crazier were crazier, I used to smell somebody smoking pipe. This principal before him, and I would uh, I, I would like you know run to the bathroom because I was so sick. I don't, yeah, from you know my stomach just couldn't take Ugh. it, and, and 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 I lived with that my whole life with with, with stomach. So I am uh, I'm on the other side of the table, and I am right now extending you a beer. Big bear hug of love, not only to you, but to your little boy. And I throw out this message again. If you have a child in your life, if you're a principal, if you're a teacher, if you're a counselor, if you're a parent, if you're a brother, and you can help your little brother, you can help your little sister, then do it, right? Absolutely. Then do it. Absolutely. Say a beautiful that, word. That's all. It's a beautiful word. You could do so much. Yes. I mean, with the, you know, and you see that through any teaching, any teacher who's worth anything. Good words yeah. really make 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 up the student, uh, and, and it was not like that. I was, and I, I was I couldn't dare to say a word to my parents because I was afraid that I will, I will get it again. Aye. Even though it was not true, my mother she says you never said anything. You know, I used to come with all kinds of marks on my legs, blue marks. Ah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't want to say anything. She would say. What happened to you? She would, you know, when I'm taking a shower or a bath. What, well, I just got into a fight, you know. I didn't want to. I, I did not want to uh, tell her really this. Story no, I wouldn't her. either. I wouldn't no. want to either. Yeah, it was. But I'm, I'm kissing your little forehead right now. Thank okay, you. <laughs> your little boy. 
Thanks. So, so, so you had the opportunity to leave Morocco. You're 13 years old, right? I know your brother had moved away already. I think he's like 10 years older than you, right? Right. Yeah, my brother. Yeah, 10, 10 years old. 10 years older, and yeah. he and he comes back and he says, "Little Aaron can leave here, can find chances, opportunities." And I think they talked even about you being a rabbi, right? That's right. That's right. well to do something because. In 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 the time you know 1968 and stuff you know there was the uh, the six day war and that's where uh, things started to get heat up in 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 Israel and so in Morocco Jews were fleeing by the hundreds they were leaving the country by the thousands not hundreds there were there was two hundred thousand Moroccan Jews in the heydays of 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 Morocco when it was filled up yes with the with the Yidden. To, to to practically now we have maybe three thousand uh, Jews left in in Casablanca. So the 1960 and prior to that uh, date, many 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 families have already started to to leave uh, to leave Morocco. And certainly around that time, they were they were afraid to have the same kind of treatment like Iran when they overturned the Shah. You know, and 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 they did whatever. They, that's how they became fanatics. So there were, was a lot of fears that the same thing would happen there. And many people have immigrated to Israel and yeah. uh, good for Israel and and in Canada and in Montreal and France. These are the three places where they uh, they found refuge somehow. So your dear mother and father, they should rest in peace. They packed up your bags. Again, you were 14 years old. Yeah. Your mother had some beautiful things to impart to you, didn't, didn't she? Like, in other words, son, you're going on the road. Let me teach you some important lessons. What were some of the things she told you in French or Arabic? Yeah, yeah. Well, f first of all, you know, my my suitcase was very, very neatly done. You I know, imagine. And, and, and my, my little uh, cute presents for bar mitzvah and all that. And I took that to to America, you know, when I first came. And my mom always wrote me letters. I still have these letters because they're precious jewels. Yes. And in those in those letters was always like some kind of a uh, a moral story or something or some words of 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 uh, strengthening me to continue with life as it is because she knew that I was alone, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. away from my family and everything, even though my brother was taking care of me. And she would say a few things like, you know, a force de forger, on devient forgeron, you know, in, in, in becoming, in doing Smith work, you will be eventually become a Smith, you know, nice. by doing this. Well, also, qui rira, bien rira le dernier. Who's going to laugh? Who's going to laugh? Actually, the person who laughs less. Yes. Not the people that make the noise and laugh all over the place, but the one actually who, in the end. So these are the things. You know, my mom had a tremendous chokhmah uh, of psychology, like any other mother. You yes, know, like mothers do. Like mothers do, and we, we had to survive. And these are the things that. Those letters saved me because in, in difficult times, it was not always very rosy. You know, you come to America, it's either you swim or you sink. It's, it's, it's you got the choice. So, so, so you come to America, you're 14 years old, you have your brother there, which is great. But I mean, for all intents and purposes, you're in a brand new culture, in a brand new place. The culture is dramatically different. So West versus the East. Right. And 
you are uh, there the very first day. I know that your brother took you to a yeshiva, which is a That's Talmudic right. Institute of Higher Learning. Right. And you walk through it. And tell, tell us about that the first day you walked okay. through Okay. I, I walked in. and uh, It's called the Mir Yeshiva. The Mir Yeshiva. Which is one of the biggest in the world. Exactly. And, um, and he said to me, first of all, I was shocked by the the size of this uh, of the Besa Midrash or of the study place where people were studying, you know, they were like, I don't know how many, what you call standards, like things that you put the Gemara, the Talmud, the, the big books on. It's like a book stand. It's like a book stand. When you learn, you put it on you the put stand. It's it called a standard. A standard, yes. exactly. And he took one of these standards. He says, sit down and make believe you like you're learning. And he took this big Gemara, you know, it was half of my size. I was a kid, you know, 13 years. And he puts this big Gemara that totally covered the site where I'm sitting or, or not sitting. Nobody could see you. Nobody could see me. And he says, make believe you're learning. Open up. The... Okay, so I opened up the, the Gemara and I'm learning. And there comes this big rabbi with a gigantic beard, you know, very, very distinguished looking. And he told me, Shalom Aleichem, welcome to America. Aleichem Shalom. Aleichem Shalom. And, 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 and so, so this was the beginning. And one, one funny, actually, I, again, a little story that happened in that same day. I saw for the first time somebody with payas, you know, with side the, curls. The, exactly, the side curls. And I went to this young man and I kissed his hand, you know. And my brother saw this. He was, you know, oh, he says, what are you doing? I said, he's a rabbi. He's a, he's a holy man. So that's, you know, the customs in Morocco, we, we, we go to and kiss their hands. <laughs> what are what, you asking me? <laughs> she says, he's not a holy man. He's just uh, one of the he's students student. here. He I, just, love you know, I love that story. I love that story. It's terrific. So that's. It's just a few things like this, and, you know, and then you see a whole uh, uh, place where the coats are hanging, the black coats and the hats. It was like a, a different world, and when they were davening, everybody was screaming, you know, the words. It's different than Morocco. Morocco, you have a one shaliach tzibur, one cantor, and everybody follows yes. him in a low voice following what uh, what he's reading. So yes. it, it was it's a different culture. Different the interesting world. story, too, is you went out for breakfast that morning, Right. <laughs> and you were used to your French croissants. That's right. That's right. right. That's that, cafe au lait. Cafe au lait for my aunt. You know, she would make and bring these French pastries and stuff. Very sophisticated. Very sophisticated and tasty. And here I am, uh, you know, on the line of uh, getting breakfast in the Mary Shiva. And uh, I get to the place where they're supposed to serve me. And there was this big chassid, you know, big in size. Like a very religious Jew. Very religious Jew with payas and everything. And he's serving that this hot uh, hot cereal. It's like porridge. Like porridge, you know. And I didn't understand what it is. And I told my brother, what is this? He says, well, it's uh, try it. You may like it. And the guy was like sweating bullets. Some of the sweat was kind of fall, falling, I don't know, you know, on Tasty my plate. And the, 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 yeah. the tasting ingredients. Just I... I became sick from this and 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 and, and cereal in box with two eggs thrown into this, uh, this and I said this is this what America is I yeah. came all the way from I'm sick to myself I'm didn't dare they'll say that to my brother but 
what kind of breakfast is this? Yeah, the roads are paved <laughs> with scrambled eggs. Exactly. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but let, let, let's take this story for, further and let's take it down the road because it's a fascinating story. Um, you're exposed in, the, in America yeah. to some of the great cantors, yeah. to the, some of the great chazan, as we call them in Hebrew, right, right. like David Kuzovitsky. Right. Right? Yes. And there you are. You're young. You're from Morocco. You're slowly acclimatizing into this new world. Mm -hmm. You're Sephardic. Can't be more Sephardic than that. Right? Right. No, for and, sure. And you hear this deep, beautiful, cantorial voice of these giants, giants, these singers within the religious communities. Right. And you get turned on to Ashkenazi Hazanut. Hazanut. Yes, yes, yes. Which is Eastern European singing, right? That's right. Okay. Do you remember those exactly. that moment? Do you remember I, that I, moment? I do I do remember that moment very vividly. And the first the first time I actually heard Ashkenazi Hazanut, my brother put on a record, you know, this uh, the, the vinyl, the old style with with the, the great Hazan revered Hazan, he's like the king of Hazan, and that's Yossel Rosenblatt. Yossel Rosenblatt. And he was singing Tal. Tal, 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 Goosebumps. Goosebumps from this. And yeah. then he went with his Kapstimmer. And on and on. I, I mean, I just like, I was like in awe completely. And my brother says, what do you think? I said, it's, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yes. I said, this is what I'm going to do when I grow up. That's what you told, that's what you told him. <laughs> that's what I well, told him. What did he say? What did your brother and say? And he said, come on, Aaron. Aaron, this is uh, one of the top Ashkenazic Hazanim, and it's, it's, you're not the same style. Uh, it's like, keep it as a dream, you know, like. And that's what does when, when somebody tells you no, that's when you get on a white horse. Well, that's you. Know? you. That's, that's you. That's me. That's <laughs> you, because you, you have a fiery spirit. Very, very. Like with all the knocks you've taken and all with the discouragement that people get, you got a fiery spirit. That is true. That is right, true. right. For my mom, I got that because my mom didn't have the chance. She was very intellectual. She read a lot of books and she, want, she had a chance to go to Paris and really get a, a higher education yeah. after higher, you know, even just elementary school when she didn't even finish high school but she knew so much she knew victor hugo by heart all the did she uh, oh she, she knew all the, all the whole history of napoleon france and then she can name you and and the tanakh and everything just from reading she ate books actually she did. so it's a pity but her, the, her father didn't it was she was the only girl that was left in the house and they didn't want to depart with her and sending her to a secular environment uh, from a girl that that grew up in the you know with rabbis and in, in a from home so she felt that was the right decision for her she stayed but it's unfortunate with the mind that she had that she didn't have the chance yeah. to to uh, you know expand I, it i i going back to the cashier at 7-eleven i also often think to myself that this woman or this man they come here to support their family, they work hard, but 
in their own way, we don't know. They're geniuses, let's say. Maybe they're musical geniuses. Oh, yeah, no, Maybe no, they're no, literary no. geniuses. No, Maybe they're brilliant writers. That's right. And yet they never have the opportunity to grow that, exactly. to express that. That's right, that's so right. somewhere in a small village in China, right, or the backwoods of the Congo, there is someone given the chance who could actually grow to become one of the greatest Hazan's cantors in the world, but never will. Sorry, sorry. Uh, it's it, it feels it, like an injustice, it, doesn't it? It, it does. It hundred uh, percent. I was just lucky, you know. I yeah. in the right time. I went out. I was going out with a cellist, who happened to know the chairman of the seminary, and who loved her like a daughter, and and he saw like kind of a shidduch, you know, and it's just a match, a, a match, and through that, I I, I got into to the school, and I and then of course I I got to sing for him, yes. and everything. He loved my talent and all that. But because it's just the right time, the right it's moment, luck. or just luck. Yes, yeah. like you, you talked before about a kavshtimer. What? What? And, and you sang very high from your head, Amr. Yeah, what is yeah. that a kavshtimer? Well, the kavshtimer is what, what we call in, uh, in musical terms a head voice yeah. or a falsetto. You know, and that's not the real voice. It's the falsetto and the head voice part of the voice. If you will see like great uh, tenors like uh, Caruso and every or anybody like that. They didn't. They never used really a head voice. They didn't. They didn't. Rosalie Rosenblatt had this. He had one of the most beautiful falsettos and head voices that can ever be. Yes. Even Caruso came, said it, and came to listen to him as as a, as a chazan, and he was so impressed with his technique and his voice, and actually all these great chazanim. Had a tremendous technique. They had a technique like like the big tenors, like the like Gili and 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 uh, Tito Skipan and, and 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 Caruso and all these these great uh, geniuses, and they uh, they did just Hazanut. They didn't do they even though they knew opera, and they can sing arias just as good as anybody else, but their 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 heart was in Hazanut. Yes. Yes. And Rosenblatt was like that. Their children used to play together. The child, the son of Caruso and his son, they used to play. Did they to, together? That's how they got to to meet. Fantastic. And actually, Caruso came came and spent the Shabbos at, at, uh, with with Rosenblatt. Many Fantastic. times he would he would he would invite him. So uh, that uh, he would he would use the falsetto before he finishes the fin before he finishes the great the great note of that the, the highest note of the piece it gives him a breather like like sort of a, like a pause yes. before he gives you the knockout like yeah. the orgasm of the that, song that, that's right yeah. that's right that's right so he would you know he would then he would give it with full voice you know so that's the cuff stimmer it's up in your head that, that's right Okay. It's, okay. Yeah. You were saying too that David Kuz, uh, it was uh, Kuzvitsky, I think it was, who used to use it as a moment to rest. Right. Right. But Rosenblatt, he used, Rosenblatt. To, he used to use it uh, as a moment to rest. Then he gives the big knocker in the end, and 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 then the beautiful uh, exchange between that head voice and the voice was so magic with him. Yeah. Yeah. It was magical. So that was his style. That was one of them, very unique. When you were a cantor here in Toronto, did you use the Kavshtimer a lot? Sometimes, sometimes I would, and it was also to take it to, to check my voice if it because if you don't have a falsetto and you you head voice does not work, there's something wrong. Okay. So okay. many times I will check if my falsetto is still intact, and then I would go back. 
Okay. Okay. Because I, mean, I mean, as a listener and someone who doesn't know all this, I would listen to Chazan who cantorial work because I don't know if I mentioned this to you, but my grandfather was a Chazan, but he also enjoyed cantorial work. I believe he studied under Rosenblatt in Poland. Wow. Yeah. Wow, yeah. That's incredible. It was really so. So it was in our blood. Yeah. And my father had a beautiful, beautiful voice. So I would hear these techniques, but I never quite understood why they existed. In fact, what you're saying is they exist for very good reasons. No, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. They, yeah. Whenever, whatever these cantors did, it was all counted and, and rehearsed a billion times. A billion before, times. Before before they do it. So, yeah, it's so like they a, knew exactly what it is. It's like a stand-up comic. You know right. when he or she is up there, That's right. you laugh your heads off, and they're That's amazing right. for an hour and a half. Right. You think, man, this guy's really spontaneous. Right, right. He or she is not. That there's not. They're, absolutely. Actually, David Bagley told me that there's no such a thing as an improvisation. Everything is 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 worked scientifically. Exactly where mode, which mode you are, to to which which part of the scale you are going, and actually David Kutsuvitsky saw the staff in front of his eyes always, mm-hmm. and he would do all these crazy coloratures up and down. He had it like in his mind, like he's reading it from a staff. Fantastic. Because he knew exactly. Fantastic. And he's the kind of teachers. It's, like, it's like they said even Bento- Beethoven when he went deaf. And I guess in his head, he could still see the charts. He could still That's see right. the mu- music, That's right? right? That's exactly. He could read, the, he could hear, you know, like in Mozart, if you look at the, that, he would, as he's writing, you can hear the music. And Salieri, actually, the, the, the person that he was je- who was jealous of him, he took his score in, 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 in the movie of Mozart. And I he's, saw it. And he's looking, and he's, he's so jealous, and he's listening yeah. <laughs> to the music of Mozart. He's going, mad you know yeah. by reading it just by looking at the score he hears the whole this is the great musicians is there a lot of jealousy Aaron amongst your guys amongst your colleagues is there a lot of jealousy well among Hazanim if they're good Hazanim we support each other you do yeah we always do like I remember uh, with with um, you know but there is always listen the uh, odd time here and there why was I uh, the second and not the third? Was was night the one who's the star in the end? But we had a certain respect. That's it. Never really happened in my whole career. I don't remember. You hear sometimes a little argument about that, but uh, but we always had respect for like Cantor Moshe Stern. He would be the last or given the high notes because he's got the voice and also the respect. So so I, the only reason that surprises me so much, honestly, is because the stereotypical understanding of a cantor is that they're very almost haughty. Their chests yeah. are out. Remember yeah, Miller, yeah, yeah, Cantor yeah, Miller? Yeah. Yeah, he had yeah. a huge chest. I'm not yeah, saying yeah. he was arrogant, but he right, had a huge right, chest. Right, right, right. That's the stereotypical understanding. They say it's, it's right. the cantor. Right right, 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 right. Who often feels as though they're the most important ones in the synagogue, in the shul, right? Right, right. So but I don't know if that's true or not. No, there, there is some of that, uh, you know, what we call, uh, you know, the... the, the Collegial... The, 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 uh, yes, right, yes, jealousy. yes. The personality kind of uh, people, you know, it's a certain kind of... Uh, what should I say? Because you cannot... It's very difficult to be a chazan and get up on the stander, you know, on the, on the bima, and not have some kind of, because it's all operatic. It's all, it's, it's a basic, it's a sacred show. Yes. So if you don't feel good about yourself and you don't feel that you could do it, right. you're dead in the water. Right. So right. there is gotta be, it's like some of these rabbis that are known to be great uh, orators, 
they have a certain uh, look about them and how they how how they get up and how they look at the people and how they take off their glasses they pull on their glasses they right, put the watch right. it's a whole it's a whole gig it's a whole <laughs> yes yes no absolutely no question so, about it i mean it's almost required yeah it's right it's right required required right. so so you go to that institute of learning thank god to, for that celloist that you dated yeah yeah i find what? i find what? i find that da- interesting too is yes, she probably doesn't know any of this she probably has no idea the, how the chalice? How, how your career developed. No, she probably, probably not. Probably. Remember, not. you said before you, yeah, said she you was dated a, a celloist. That's right, and, and then and then it was the end. In the middle of the term, of, 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 while I was going to school, the the chairman of the he says, by, "By the way, are you still going out with Debbie? I don't, <laughs> I don't see her in school anymore." It was was hard for me to explain to him that it didn't work, you know. But but. Suffice to say that she was very much instrumental. I'll never forget that. In uh, yeah, yeah, you know, it's sometimes whom you know and in the right place, no the right time. You know, I didn't have really the great credentials to be in the seminary, which is a very, very high learning institution, and it was with Colombia. I just I did. I can't believe that a boy from Morocco, you know, who came to 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 learn in yeshiva. And that I've been in the seminary. It's just a whole. You had to. You had to perform in front of these professors and oh, yeah. people with PhDs. Well, it must be terrifying. It, it was. It was terrifying. Here I'm coming to to sing uh, something in front of them, and they asked me to to do little haftoras Faradik or Kornidre because this is what I sang for Dr. Weisgall, who was an incredible musician he wrote operas i mean these people dr gideon and max Wahlberg, they, yeah. they, they they were geniuses in uh, in what they did yes miriam gideon was dr miriam gideon she taught us harmony and everything and she wrote operas and things uh, very difficult music and i remember one time i said how could you write so many notes and and eight tonal music that has no uh, uh, key grounded key where 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 music is that's like a melody. It's a how you write it, this kind of music? Yeah. She says if you can count to one, two, three, four, you could do it. Well, genius is simplified things. Well, don't exactly. they? <laughs> can you sing us a couple of bars of the Kol Nidre that you did? Okay. Um, Bishiva shel ma'ala. Ubishiva shel mata al daata makom baruchu vedal vedal daata kahala kadosh hazei anu matim lit palel et arvarianim. Now, like you can sit on Kornidre as a sfaradi for like. Ten minutes, if yes. you want it, yes. so long. And I remember Joe Amar, my colleague, Alava Shalom, who used to sing this. Joe Amar? Uh, yeah, Joe Amar, very famous. The famous uh, Joe Amar? Joe Amar, yeah. And I heard it from him because I, I helped him in the High Holidays uh, records that he made. And I remember uh, he gave me a solo, Anenu, to do. And I just, I was so hot to do something. Yes, and I was yes. you know, 18 years old. So, and I flew with this, with this Anenu. Flew. Did you? Yeah. Ah. 
And I felt so great. And he kept it actually, and he left it in, in the records that he did for the high oh, holidays. Wonderful, wonderful. He, he was such a professional. I remember he came and he took, he brought a little tiny whiskey with him in a special bottle, you know. And he and he took a little bit. Did he? Yeah, he took a little bit. Like a little shot. A little shot. He had, and he went through the whole session for two hours uh. without repeating once what he was doing. Incredible. He was such a professional. I was like amazed. How could you not do another take? Never. He he he. What he did was done from the first minute. Perfect. Incredible. So yeah, the, the so, choir so, we had to repeat, but not him. <laughs> so uh, through your education, you were exposed to amazing human beings. I'm, I'm absolutely right. Pro probably you never felt thought or for a moment that that would occur in your life. No, I, and he, he he was interested. He needed the choir, so he brought his children, and he knew I had a nice voice. So I was I was the choir in in in, the, in those records, and from there we became friends. Actually, we became friends. He went one time to Grossing because in the Catskill. Yes. And uh, he happened to be there and he sang. It was a gig for him. And then I had to have, get a ride back. And I asked him, Mr. Amar, is it possible you could give me a ride back to to, to New York? And he said, with all, uh, he was very nice. He says, just meet me here at a certain time. I'll be more than happy. And we sang the whole time Did back. You? Yeah. And he was singing to me all my favorite, uh, you know, he was so easy, a nice person. And it wasn't 60s surfing music you were singing. No, was no, it? no. It was, <laughs> was all, all, the, all the goodies, Barcelona, all the great stuff that he used to What's do. What's Barcelona? Which song is that? It's a very famous song. How does it go? Oh, it? Barcelona, Barcelona, that's beautiful. And he sang it so sweetly. And I I didn't know this. I started to, at certain point, I don't know for what reason, I started to imitate to him Ashkenazic music. Yes. And at that time, I didn't go to school. He says to me, you should do this. This is what you should spend your time because what you did here, I don't have this kind of... Uh, that's what he said? Yeah, that's what he said. He said you, should, you, should, you should study this. And that's what I did, uh, you know. It was just he, what he told me was a hundred percent. He was such a he had ears, like such an incredible, talented, natural, talented uh, singer, and uh, and I thought, ah, you know, what does he know about Ashkenazic music? But I learned he was right. <laughs> so, so this is an interesting sort of departure, or this mm -hmm. is an interesting approach that you took in your career. You're again, your blood is Sephardic. Yep. You grew up in Sephardic synagogues where really everybody sings together. Right. All my Sephardic friends, they all know all of the prayers for Sabbath morning and every single prayer by heart. That's right. right? That's right. And there's a certain inflection, there's a certain way uh, that uh, Moroccan music uh, is sang, is sung. Right. And then you made that shift, as you said, into the Ashkenazi music. Right. Now, right. in our discussions, you told me a very interesting thing. What's the difference between the two? You said it's it's the, uh, what did you call it? You call it the, the, the cry. The cry, the kvetch. Yeah. The kvetch, the kvetch, the cry. <laughs> so explain that to us, the, the two different okay. cries. Okay, so it's... the. Uh, they basically the the Jewish neshama is the Jewish neshama. The soul, the Jewish the soul. The soul, the soul is the same thing. Um, 
that, that sometimes it could be the same makam on the same mode. For instance, they call this mode Freigish or Ahavarabba in Ashkenazic term. In, 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 in the, in the uh, makams, uh, they would call it Hajaz. Now even, you know, in the style between Hajaz done by an Egyptian or Moroccan, it's different style. Okay. But it, we're talking about the same notes. And the Ashkenazic uh, modes, a lot of them were taken by 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 from the Arabic world of of, of modes. They were, were they? taken, yeah, they were taken from that. And uh, basically, Hashem Malach, whatever modes there is, has a makam which pertains to the Arabic world, definitely. So uh, a Moroccan may do Hajaz. Lefanecha Then you have the Ashkenazi here you have sometimes a choir, whatever, or some kind of a piano of an answer. Yes. It's the same mode, but the styles and the nishama is a little bit different. Uh, give it. Give us another example of that. I'd love to hear you. Sing. So, uh, like, like, uh, can you can you fuse both of them? You can fuse though. You can. He said, "I'd like." One time in Shabbat, it just happened to me that I was singing a musaf, and I'm doing Tikanta Shabbat Ratzita Korbenoteha, Sivita Perushaim Sidur Renisachami Angehale Olam Kabodin Chavalu To Ameha Chaim Ezalachu. It's an interesting story, too, because this occurred on one Sabbath. We we should say the Musav is an extra service that we do on Sabbath. And then one Sabbath, you're in the synagogue. It was Beth Emmeth right here in Toronto. Is that correct? No, no, no. It was was in New York. This was in New York. (coughs) Excuse me? Yeah, in in Long Island. And you're thinking to yourself, I I also remember the story. You're thinking to yourself, oh, my God, what have I done here, right? That's right. I thought I was going to be fired. Yeah, why did you think that? Because it's like uh, you, 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 they're not used to this and they're going to complain and uh, this is not a Sephardic shul, you know. We didn't hire you to hear Sephardic music, you know, something like that. They and what, was the, what was the outcome? They loved it. They loved it. They says you did something different. Whatever you did this Shabbat, you should do it again. Yeah. Why? Because it simply said, I'm Sephardic. Yeah. So if, if something that's going to come with a certain natural and certain innocence to it and certain sound that you feel in your guts, obviously, if you do it well, 
people are going to like. Did anybody else do this stuff? Was there any Sephardic Chazanim in the Ashkenazi world? No, no, not really. Not really. There are actually, actually some Ashkenazi Chazanim. One that was, that was always uh, working with the different types of Arabic motives and makams, that was, that was Glantz. Uh, and 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 his son, I see him many times. He, I I wrote actually uh, an article on it on the book for his father. Right. And I said, and he said to me that my father, Allah Shalom, would have, he would he would have been very happy to meet you. Yes. You know, and and he would have appreciated that's appreciate beautiful. the things that you do. And that's like the, one of the biggest compliments. Of course. As as a Halizi, his son. Label a glance is like I don't want to say what he's like incredible genius. He wrote his own music. And Th- those are nice moments where someone comes up to you who is uh, extremely revered in the world, and they yeah. say something nice about what you do. Yes, that's uh, I've had that a couple of times, and it kind of holds you over for a while. Oh yeah, it does. It, it, right? It's 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 uh, it, that's that makes it worth. All the agony of learning and doing it, it does. It does. It does. Yeah, yeah. Like I've spoken in front of Ellie Wiesel. I've spoken in front of Nathan Sharansky, uh, Mia Farrow, uh, Bob Geldof, through via Huff to the organization I started. And you know, when you I stepped down after my speech, and I would get a really, really nice sort of verbal hug from them. They appreciated what I had to say and how I delivered it, and it was just so nice. It's not as though the simple compliment uh doesn't make a difference it does the push it the simple person who comes up to you and they say you know aaron ben shushan your song today your kol nidre for yom kippur change something inside of me i'm sure you get that all the time too right yeah, so the, the, definitely is there, is, there, is there anything that comes <clears throat> to mind anything you remember where someone came up to you and say Cantor, your singing just changed part of my life i'll, I'll tell you a little story these of people telling me this uh, in different times of my of my life, it happened quite a, a bit. But one precious moment, actually, in my career was when I was in a hospital visiting a very sick patient. I was in a coma, and some of the members of these families were around his bed. Yes, and this man loved loved Chazanut, and he loved sure he would be there. Every Shabbat he would never miss because he just loved loved to go to shul, you know, and he loved kiddush also, you know, to, the, the food kid, afterwards, the food afterwards, the, the, the middle, whatever the lechayims. He was a shul goer, salat exactly, and he loved it. So and I started to sing to him, you know. I I just thought, you know, it will be something soothing for the family, and I really believe that even people, if they are in the coma, and it's been proven, that they would hear you. Now, whether you're going to make them better or not, or what kind of, uh, as far as a therapy, music therapy is concerned, it has helped many, many uh, people, even in the coma. Yes. And to prove this is so, he woke up. From his coma. From his coma. And he had a few hours with his family and the family that had to come running from other places in near, uh, in, I mean, near, uh, where, where, near Long Island or coming by plane, I'm not sure. 
they came and they spent time with him a little bit, whatever, two, three hours with his family and his children around him. And then he passed on. Were you, were you there when he woke up? No. After, after, after I left, the, the family told me he woke up. I, I couldn't, uh, you know, I couldn't believe it. So when you think about the yeah. successes in your life, would that be one of them? That, that's one of the Absolutely, uh, right? Absolutely one of the top. That the music touched him, and uh, this is what the family actually told me. Beautiful. You know? And to me, that is, that's unbelievable. So as a cantor, as a chazan, later on in life, you came to Toronto, you worked at the Beth Emma Synagogue here, a conservative synagogue. And uh, subsequent to that, and, and probably while you were there as well, you, you've done a lot of traveling in your life. I know that you sang Behind the Iron Curtain in Russia, right? Yes, yes, I did. During the communist era. Yes. So what, what, how did that transpire? How did that uh, happen? Well, it, was an, it was an amazing trip. We did like uh, something like 14 concerts in two weeks. Mm -hmm. And my synagogue let me go because the rabbi said it's very, very important because it, it was a long time, two weeks for uh, to leave your own shul, you know, they need the chazan, you know. And he, he says this is very instrumental for, the, for our chazan, very important uh, for him to go for his career. And he let me, he let me go. It was a very, very, I'll never forget uh, how good. nice he was, the, 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 the rabbi Sterns, you know, Rabbi Shalom. And I went, and I uh, and we were at a certain point really dead. I mean, with our vocal, my vocal vocal cords couldn't. Uh, they were all swollen, and and it's very hard to sing when your vocal cords are swollen. It's, it's almost impossible. And I was supposed to do Musaf in this choral synagogue in uh, in in Yugoslavia, you know, with Rabbi Rosen. Um, and he, I didn't know what to do. You know, this is where you're on, you know, and this famous Hazanim around me, and I'm supposed to give a yeah. beautiful Musaf. It's a bit of a, a problem here. But that's a problem. <laughs> so I was a little worried, and this little Shamash, you know, you know, maybe four foot something, you know, very short guy comes. A sexton, they say. In yeah, exactly. Sexton, yes. And he says to me, What's the matter? You What's know, wrong uh, with you? Exactly. Well, like, I don't know if it was in Yiddish or in English. And I told him I'm I'm in trouble in Hebrew. I told him I'm in trouble. My my vocal cords are swollen, and I don't know. They asked me to daven Musaf, and I want to because Rabbi Rosen asked me and and Hazanim. He Rabbi Rosen was the chief rabbi. He was the chief rabbi of of, of Romania. Of Romania. Of Romania. And the liaison to the government. That's right. He yes. he was the one. Controversial figure, by the way. Yes. Yes. He was a controversial yes, figure. Yes. Yes. He had a big gigantic. Uh, Magen David, mm -hmm. I, for a minute, I thought I was looking at as a priest because they dressed like that. Because yes, yes. they had to be with the government and they had to look a little bit yes, like a galah, a little bit. Like a priest, yeah. Like a priest. So so he told me, I have I have, I have, have the, the, the medicine for you. Oh, okay. He brought me this big, gigantic cup, about three-fourths <laughs> of the cup, vodka, you know. And he says, drink this, you'll be fine. Right. I gulped it. I mean, can you imagine so much vodka in a nice <laughs> size cup? And I gave the best Musaf. I remember I, <laughs> I was, I, I saw the whole choral <laughs> synagogue turning up, down, down. I didn't know which Hazan, which, where we're standing, where. 
but I remember they loved it. I was really so relaxed, and the vocal cords just went. It, it was fine. You've already told two stories, by the way, about cantors taking some shots oh, yeah. before <laughs> or during their singing. Right, so right, right. there's always a little alcohol and in all these all, creative always, stories, always, right? Yeah. You, I will, yeah. You you also you also sang in Israel. Oh yes. Right, and that was a very special time for you. Tell us about that. In Israel was very, very special. Rabbi Lau, as a matter of fact, in one of the most special concerts that I gave probably in my career was. Who was for, the chief? He was the chief rabbi. He was in the Israel. chief rabbi in, in Israel. At that time, he was the chief rabbi of, of Tel Aviv. Yes. And also, the mayor of Tel Aviv, Chich, was very, right. he was very in love with Hazanut, loved Hazanut, and he made it possible for for uh, big orchestrations and different big concerts to be done there on in Hechala Tarbut, which is the, the mandatorium of, 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 uh, of Tel Aviv. So I came and I sang this piece, Anenu, very famous for Moshe Kutsuvitsky. He sang it actually in Slichot, but it was transcribed by my uh, teacher and coach, uh, Danny Gildar, and he gave me the notes. Yes. And I sang it beautifully. I uh, must say, I was, uh, you know, it was very uh, difficult piece, a virtuosic piece. And uh, and my mother, Ali Asalam, was there. And he, Rabbi Lau, said wow. to my mother, wow. I can't believe your son, the son you have. She said that to your mom. He said this to my mom, that he, he said sang that? this like, I remember Moshe Kutsuvitsky on the stage where your where your son is standing, and he sang this Anenu, and it, 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 I can't believe that from a Moroccan, this this is a color tourist and, and 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 with the accent Ashkenazic and the whole bit for like from Poland, that he he did superbly well, and my my mother she she he said it to her in Hebrew, and after this. The wife of Moshe Kutsuvitsky, this is one probably of the biggest compliments. She says, when I closed my eyes, yes. I heard my husband. Fantastic. It was a big, this was a big thing for me. I have to tell you, I used to bring my mother, God bless her soul. I used to bring my mother to so many of my events. And I, I, I'm I, like you. Like I loved my mother with all my heart. Yeah. My mother made me feel liked in life, yeah. and she made me feel loved. That's very special. Oh, it held me through. It got oh, me through. That's right. And I remember some of these big machers, like we would call them, these big players, you know, yeah. would approach my mother and say nice things about me to my mother. You know, Aaron, that's all I needed, right? That's all I needed. Well, yeah, yeah. For my mother to have what's called nachas, to yeah, my mother to have yeah, pride yeah, in yeah, me, yeah, yeah, yeah. and to feel good about what she's done in her life. That's right. That's it's right. the most beautiful Absolutely. moment, isn't it? I, I lived for mama, basically. I know. I know. I lived for my mom. Because they were good to us. Absolute, they took care of us. Uh, absolutely. And for her to have nachas, to see her son there with a the whole orchestra, and, 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 and she, she would just say, without any <laughs> evil eye. Yeah, no evil he, eye, right? No, no evil eye and this and that. And uh, I was worried a little bit for her because she was already elderly. Yes. And how could her heart really take this to see her son coming out on such a big stage? You know, but uh, but she she was a tough lady. And she, she passed she, away, and so did your father in Jerusalem, right? Yes, that's right. She passed in her nineties. She was ninety six years old. It's an inter interesting uh, what you told me once that your mother uh, said, "I would rather live in a hole 
That's right. That's in right. in Jerusalem or in yeah, Israel. That's right. That's right. Then live in a palatial a palace in that, America. That, that's right. That's right. That's, but because we we gave her an apartment, it was furnished and everything. Yeah. She says, "My children, I love you, and uh, it's beautiful what you did for us, for me, me and my and, my, and, and your father." But that's uh, not that's not what I'm leaving Morocco to come to another Galut to Golis, you know, to be in, even though I'm near you. But uh, a little tiny hole, like she says, exactly in Jerusalem, will be more than than anything that. Uh, and that's all. But Baruch Hashem, we did what uh, as as children, we mechabed our parents. You were honored them. Honor them to to be with us. To, so this way they feel. You know, we did everything we can to have them near us, but they decided, okay, you know. Can you play? Can you sing a couple of bars of the Anenu that you mentioned a okay. moment ago? Sure, I'm going to want to try. <laughs> yeah, give it a shot because it was a tough one, right? Anenu, 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 Anenu. Anenu, 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 Abraham, Anenu, Anenu, Pachad Yitzchak, Anenu, <laughs> yeah, like the whole energy in the room the, the, the whole changed. Energy, yeah, how right. do you feel this moment? Unbelievable. After singing, moment. how do you feel? Yeah, yeah, I feel great. I feel you do, great. right? Because it reminds me of that texture that the Kutsuvitskis would know, what, what they were ah. known for, you know. And the Ben Shusans, what they're known uh, for. Well, you know, I just say, uh, this is the people I, I, I imitated and worked and listened to a million times. And I remember David Kutsuvitsky. Uh, teaching me my first color Torah, and he was such a humble uh, chazan. He was a great chazan. He himself uh, didn't need any to to be lower than his brother or anything. Uh, but he says, no, no, Moshe, there was nobody like Moshe. That's what he said about. That's his what brother. he said about his brother, and he coached me on a piece that his brother made very famous of the that we sing in uh, in the repetition of the Amida. And I remember he, he he taught me to do a little karutan. She said, stop here. 
He had to cut it yes. into three, four pieces. And then once you learn the different elements, then you put it together. I Fantastic. remember this vividly. Fantastic. When, when, when he showed me so, so So, so did, 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 God, like, did God put this gift inside of a box and wrap it with ri ribbons and send you down to earth and say, this is yours? Is that what it is? Is it, it a gift? It is. It is a gift, you know. And I started uh, to sing in synagogue when I was very young. My father would uh, take me to shul, and there were certain solos that I would do, like in, in the Azia Sher Moshe. And the whole shul comes. As a child, you did this. Yeah. I love that. So this is where, I love that. where my started of Hazanut started when I was very young But you kid. see, is it, a, is it a gift? It's is a gift. Of course, it's a gift. Because a gift. people sing, uh, you know, they sing, but it's not, they don't have the, the virtuosic uh, runs. The, but this is something that that Takaz Baruch Hu gives you that your ears that can God, captivate God and do it. Yeah, yeah. beautiful. Which is, yeah. So you've written a, a lot of songs in your life. Um, yes. By the way, the very interesting thing about you writing songs is in Western motif, uh, European motif of writing songs, you write the music and you write the lyrics. What a Chazan does, what a Cantor does, is you essentially you write the music. The lyrics are all from liturgy. They're all from prayer. So right. you've never really written a, a full set of lyrics. No, no. My brother has that talent of writing uh, poetry. He's, he's good stuff. at that? He's very good at what that. What language does he write them in? Especially in French and Hebrew. Does yeah. he write in Arabic at all? Because I know you speak mm, together in Arabic. Yeah, no, not in Arabic. He's not, he's not that fluent. Even Arabic's very rich for that, right? Very, very yeah, rich. Yes. Very rich. That's That's... that's that's an incredible talent, uh, and they, they are talented. The Arabs are the very poetic, and they write tremendous poems. They're you know, very, very romantic. Yes. And they're always like uh, in that world of romance and writing, like Um Kultum, you know. And I would have all this. They, they had tremendous lyrics. Right, Whoever right. wrote for them, they knew what they were doing. And some of the poetry, like Khalil Gibran. That's right. It's, it's fantastic it's stuff. Fantastic stuff. Right? I think there's more poetry, or was, I'm not sure, that have been published in many of the Arab countries than anywhere else in the world. Right, right. So, so you've written a lot of music. You brought your oud with us, with you? Yes, if you give me a, just a yeah. second to tune it. Yeah, go bring, bring it over here and tune it, because I love the sound of a tuning I instrument. Can, I can tune it? Well, yeah, tune it on the air. Yeah, that's wow. that's that just adds to the show, I think. <laughs> I've always been one, Aaron, is like, uh, when I play music, I, I'm not a musician, but for years I've been playing guitar, I play a little piano with my son, I play the harmonica, and you know, I'm not good at it, but, and, and my, my tunes are always off, but you know something? For some reason, I like when they're off. I don't know why. I don't know why. So you told me one day you were playing music for me, and your instrument wasn't tuned. I said, I like it even more. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I don't know why. No, but it, 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 there is something to unbeing tuned, but when it's in purpose. In other words, the Chazan in many, many times did like almost like a blues note. You know, it's a little bit flat, ah. 
but 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 they're like, like they're a little bit under the notes. Oh, that's that all jazzy stuff. But to be off with an instrument and to call it that, you have to be very special. You have to be out. Oh, good. <laughs> now I feel great. Rosal's like <laughs> that's good of you to say, my friend. Tuning the oud, my friends, right here on Hot Radio. <laughs> So tell us about the song that you uh, wrote and are about to play and sing for us. Okay, I, I composed this uh, music. Actually, I was going to to share with Rabbi Marcus, and and uh, I was in my dream. I had like different nations coming to Israel to Zion, and they all dancing like in the type of Mashiach. And there was this uh, an African kind of a sound that came to my head. And I went to to do to the shiur, and I sang this to Rabbi Marcus. So we should say Rabbi Marcus was a local rabbi who was passed away. Who passed away? Who you loved very I much? Lo- who I loved very much. Who had a big influence on me, for me spiritually, because he was a he was a he was a mekarev. He was a person that brings you closer yeah. to the fold. Yeah. And that meant a lot to me. Even though I was a conservative Hazan, to him I was a Jew, and that left a very big mark. Right, because there are some denominational differences within That's our right. community. Right. Orthodox doesn't always accept conservative. Something Reform right. sometimes angry at Orthodox. That's but right. Marcus was one who sort of was able to pass through all of that. That's right. That's right. right. Sim Shalom. Make peace. Sim Shalom, Tova Uvracha, Chen Vachesset Verachamim. Sim Shalom, Sim Shalom, Tova Uvracha. Chen vachesed v'rachamim Sim shalom tova v'racham Chen vachesed v'rachamim Alenu ay ve'al kol Yisrael Yisrael amecha Sim shalom shalom Vrachamim <laughs> Shalom, Israel 
ובך ישראל בכל עת ובכל שעה בשלומך בשלומך שים שלום טובה וברכה חן וחסר רחמים עום עלינו ועל כל ישראל ישראל עמך Beautiful. Thank you so much. That was lovely. Thank you. And most of your songs, what, two, two and a half, three minutes? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. It depends on the audience, how, how they, they catch into it or they sing with me. Uh, can you go on for five, six, seven, eight minutes? Like you a can. great rock and roll songs? Uh, absolutely. Like that? You can. Absolutely, yeah. This, this, this song, actually, I sing it sometimes with my band. And the whole place, even go, you know, people who are not necessarily Jews. Yes. And they're all clapping and the, the drumming and everybody's drumming. It stays like uh, eight, seven to eight minutes. Oh, man, that. man. There's no high like that, is there? There's no high yeah, like no, that in no, life. There's no, there's no high like that. No. For me, not. No. It's, it's yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's interesting that you said you felt it. You felt my emotions. Oh. Aaron, it's it's a you're in my apartment right now doing this podcast. I I'm not exaggerating when I tell you it's an honor. It's an honor to have you here and for you to sing from my podcast to me. Oh, yeah, I couldn't ask more. I mean, what, it's nine o'clock at night. I mean, you know, you know, on a Sunday night. What a great way to begin the week. I'm so excited. Thank you. Thank I, I remember when I used to speak my big gala speaks speeches. There was one one speech a year that I did for Via Hafta's uh, what was called our Starry Nights Gala. And and as I said before, there were a lot of, you know, uh, international figures that uh, that would attend. And I would speak and I would do my very best to knock it out of the park. And I'm the type of person who I don't go up there with notes. So I kind of structure in my head, probably because I'm ADD. It's it's <laughs> amazing how, how. Yeah, I don't have notes. How, how you remember it. But it's just my thing. It, honestly, if, if I write down notes, the speech is nowhere as uh, impactful. Wow. So, so, and then I, here's an interesting thing. I, I, I wonder how you relate to this. I would, the gala would be over. Good night. Thank you so much. You know, you as a chazan, as a kid, you have to shake hands. How are you? Really? Nice to see you. How's your children? You have to remember everything. Oh, sure. So I would leave the gala. It was a beautiful venue that we use downtown, Kerner Hall. You ever perform there at Kerner Hall? Kerner Hall, I... Uh, on Bloor Street, it's beautiful. It is, it is. Some of the most great, greatest acoustics. I think I'm one side of them. It's stunning. Yeah, it is stunning, yes. Anyway, and I would go, and I would always leave, and I would always go to, like, a coffee time. I would go to a coffee shop. Why? Because I would see uh, Greek men sitting at a table or Italian men sitting at a table or Canadian men sitting at a table. It was late at night, and they would be debating about life, about politics, right? About the important things in life. They're in a coffee shop. And I would walk in all oh, feeling mighty about myself, feeling like I'm something really, really important. I would walk in and say, good evening, how are you, how are you? And they would go back to their discussions. And I would realize at that moment, you're just a regular guy. Okay? <laughs> That's all. You know, I would leave this energy that I sort of determined as being world-class and special and big. Something, one of the biggest sort of things I did all year, and I would go to this place, which is very simple, very down to earth, just to remind myself wow. 
And children do this too, right? Yes, sir. Children do this too. You know, you come off this huge gig, I'm sure, singing for some of the greats in the world. You come home, Daddy, Daddy, I need you to throw the ball around with me, right? No, I can't, honey, now. No, now, I need you to throw the ball now around. And I remember doing that for many, many years, and it was a really interesting feeling. Did, did you ever have that? I, I, I think that people that do that are, are really the people who are great. I, I, and I'm saying this in, uh, from my heart. I'm not just telling you this. And I think you have a tremendous talent in, yeah, in, thank you. in, in this, what we're doing now. We need to you bring the best out of the people that you're interviewing. It's a talent from Baruch and yet you are so down to earth when you talk to you. You're you're amcha. You're like I'm just talking, a guy. You're, you're just a guy. <laughs> just like, a regular you know, old that, guy. Yeah, that 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 is that is something that's unique. And Kalbach was like that too. He would be singing to people. All of a sudden he's going, and he's hanging out with with beggars and giving them money and his own clothes and yeah. kissing them and hugging them. Can you imagine? I could never do that. I could never hug somebody who's in the streets. And yes. I, I don't have that kind of, you know, he had this special uh, neshama. Yes, you he know? did. Yes, he did. And here is, he was one of the, you know, we left hundreds of, 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 if not thousands of songs behind him that became so, so famous and everything. Do you have a famous, do you have a favorite Karlbach song? I have so many. Like what? Give us an example. Pee <laughs> Shlomo Karlbach was a, uh, a student of the Talmud, and he went to some of the great yeshivot, the institutes of learning. Sure. And he really was one of the first, if not the first, that popularized Jewish music That's right. and took it on the road. That's right. That's right. And he reached out to many, many, many people right. who were deeply in love with him. He had that spirit. Absolutely. Right, which was very warm and very loving. I I met him a number of times. You did you know? Him? I, I I met him actually a couple times. My brother, I love you, my brother. Long, Remember how he used to he talk? Be yeah. Traveling to Israel and me too, and I'm coming with my oud, my Arabic instrument, and he's with his guitar. Yeah, yeah. And he would just hug you and, and right. kiss you. And he once was in Kitchener. He stayed at my parents' house. My father was a rabbi in Kitchener. My mother a rabbit's, and and he handed me his card. I remember we woke up the next morning. <laughs> And he handed me his card. It said, Solomon Carlbatch, dog walker. <laughs> like he was one of those crazy guys, right? But that was the beauty of him. You know, that was yeah, the genius yeah. of him, wow, right? Wow, wow. 
Aaron Ben-Shushan, thank you so much thank for you. being on High Radio. I absolutely love appreciate this interview, it. and I so appreciate it. Thank you thank very you. much. Thank you. You've, 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 you've uh, cut some CDs. You have some stuff out there. Where can people find you? I'm not really a businessman. You know, I, I've made about five or six CDs, and they sold at the time, and they still sell. Yes, yes. Uh, but I'm not a person that uh, that knows where to move them and where to give them. <laughs> right, right. I'm, I'm, I like to make more music than, uh, than, than making business out of it. But you have a website. It's AaronBenShushan.com. Uh, uh, Aaron Benson at Rogers.com. At Rogers.com. Okay. Yeah. So okay. they can look up my name. And so spell your last name because it's not. Ben Susan, B E N S O U S S A N. Okay. Aaron with double A R O N as, as one name. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to do something again uh, at some point I soon. Because I, so. I, so. I, I love, love this. I, I love I love being with you. Yeah, I enjoy <laughs> too. So when you were singing. I thought the light should be lower. We should have some candles on the table. We don't need all this. Uh, there's a thing in Jewish called a kumzitz, right? Kumzitz, it's yes. when you sit around and everybody sings like there's a bonfire. That's well, maybe we'll do a kumzitz on the podcast one day. That would be very that cool. Would be amazing. Yeah, it would be wonderful. I'll bring my son. <laughs> yeah, bring your son. That would be nice. And you could play guitar together and I bring my own. That would be nice. I want to thank everybody for listening to Hat Radio. Uh, just remember what we're trying to achieve here. Hopefully we do. And that's really, really bringing some positive energy to the world. People want to write about bad stuff and negative stuff. There's lots and lots of it out there. Go ahead. I don't care. <laughs> I don't want that. We need to infuse ourselves and to infuse the world with good stories, with loving stories, with, with stories about people who are decent and who are growing and try to try to make this world a better place. And, you know, Aaron, there are lots of them. There's no dearth of them. There's no lack of them. Like I have a list of people I want to interview. It'll take me till I'm 130 years old. Absolutely. You know, there's a lot of good people. Loving, caring, decent people. 100%. So please continue to listen. If you would share the link, that would be helpful as well. And uh, yeah, it was really great. So thank you so much, my thank friend. Thank you for inviting me. God bless. Okay. Good night. Thank you. Step inside my living room Share a little talk By roads walked and lessons learned Keeping the flame of faith burning I wanna know where you've been What you found out Spread some light in the darkness Spread it all about In the heights